Welcome to Season 2, Episode 44 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I have Matt Aguilar. What up? And we've brought back Nicole Drum, one of our DC and slash all-around experts from the night crew. She's back with us today because we have some uh, good DC stuff to talk about. Doom Patrol is back. Plus, we have a bunch of gaming stuff to do, and because those guys are so elusive, we, we're just stuck with Matt on the gaming front today. <laughs> but since he's, uh, he's our resident kind of coming up expert, wow. we're going to be talking about a lot of gaming stuff today because there's, I mean, this is like one of the biggest fronts in entertainment that's actually moving forward. So we got a new trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. We've got to talk about that and a whole bunch of new stuff from Marvel's Avengers. We just talked about Marvel's Avengers, but as we teased in the last show, there was an event. We got to see more. We got to talk about more. So we're going to get into all of that. We got to talk about COVID taking over the WWE, and that's not a new wrestler. We're talking about the uh, disease. And so, yeah, some things might be coming to a halt at the WWE front. So we're going to get into that. Man, Matt, you got a lot of talking to do on this show. It's going to be great. I'm going to be kicking back. <laughs> and continuing with more COVID, we got to talk about a couple updates on the movie front and how the movie industry is trying to bounce back from the virus or not. And in our deep dive, like I said, we'll be getting into Boom, uh, boom Patrol. Doom Patrol. <laughs> the Boom Patrol is awesome. That could be an episode. <laughs> we don't know. Name. Boom it's Patrol would name. be a great episode name for that show. And uh, continuing, because I guess we're just doing everything DC right now. We're going to talk about the new issue, the long-awaited issue of Batman 93. We didn't have time in the last show, so we got to get into this. It's the prelude to the upcoming Joker War. Uh, things got drastic in this issue, and so we're going to talk about all of that because there's a lot to unpack there. All right, starting at the top, let's talk about gaming. We've had a lot of big games that are kind of anticipated for this year. Marvel's Avengers, now all those PS5 kind of launch titles like Spider-Man Miles Morales. But, you know, one of the biggest, and I was looking up, you know, trending topics at Google, and definitely one of the biggest is Cyberpunk 2077. Or, yeah, 2077. I always get scared I'm going to say that wrong. Or, like, mix it up with a bunch of other Marvel or some other nonsense from the future that I that I have <laughs> just bumping around my head. Understood. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna be kind of – this game was delayed, but uh, we're going to – it's still coming down the pike, and it's still one of the biggest games of the year. So, Matt, take us through the trailer. Take us through the latest. What's going on with Cyberpunk 2077? So, um the most recent news, of course, is that it did get delayed again uh, to November, but uh, they held their own like kind of now it seems like we're not even getting like brands anymore. They hold events. It's individual games. So instead of, you know, like we saw with Marvel's Avengers, like that was just a Marvel's Avengers event, not a like Marvel games or Disney event. So Cyberpunk held its own event. Uh, it was a lot of stuff to come out of it. The, the footage was the thing that people were most excited about because they wanted to see gameplay. There actually wasn't a ton of gameplay reveals. Um, it was this like really long kind of giving you a sense of the cinematic style and the story and, and the characters. And it's this very, of course, like, you know, uh, cyberpunk world where mods are a part of the everyday thing. And you're going to have uh, mods and things like that that uh, you can kind of go up the, the skill tree with and, and grow your character as it uh, as you see fit. Um, it showed, we did see a couple snippets towards the end of the trailer of the actual gunplay, even though it wasn't like, it wasn't, 
your typical like with the HUDs and everything, uh, but it still kind of gave you a sense of what the gunplay might look like. Um, the reaction has been a little more mixed than I thought it would. I, I thought going into it, this was like, this This has been coming for a while now. And people have already said numerous times on uh, play builds at E3 and things like that, that this was like game of the year material. And it most certainly is, but I was surprised by like the, this one was a little mixed and we saw a lot of story. We saw a lot of kind of your default character and uh, it's really like a heist setup style plot. Um, yeah, Keanu this Reeves. Like, this one was like a lot of world building and, and kind of like narrative building was in this trailer. Which is going to be a lot of this game. game. Like, yeah, yes, it is a yeah. first person shooter, but it's CD Projekt Red and it's this is a studio that does RPGs and they do world building uh, better than most. So yeah, like, you know, the gunplay is going to be obviously a, a, a substantial part, but it's going to be, I think it's going to surprise some people when they get their hands on it of how how like skewed it is towards an RPG as opposed to like a shooter. Um, we did get to see some of that. We did see a glimpse of the cool uh, car chase where like he's leaning out of the car. Um, but it's been a little mixed. Uh, we did see Keanu Reeves, which that got all kinds of positive stuff. And he actually as said something. Uh, yeah. But, but again, as it was like with his preference. It was like right at the end though. And I, and I feel like people were kind of hoping to get more of an idea of, of his role and actually see him do something other than like say a word and kind of fade away. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm interested to see when this actually comes out um, what the reaction is. But I mean, people have lauded it for its graphics. Uh, people are still very excited for this, but I think it surprised some people uh, that they didn't go as extensively into gameplay and what you're going to be doing from, scene to scene um you know I, i'm i'm kind of curious i mean what did you guys think of the trailer i mean i i, I always feel like i'm outside the gaming bubble so Same. like i'm just an amateur gamer I, i'm just a person who goes and plays a couple rounds of deathmatch usually um like it looked good to me like it looked like fun i think it it reminded me of um oh man i can't believe what's that game uh the one that was on Oh my god! I can't believe I'm blanking this. It was on Xbox, and it became like a big thing. You were it was like you are futuristic crime busters, and you jump everywhere. Oh, um, oh my god! Oh my god! I'm making you blank can, on it's it. It's right yeah. there. It's right there. Uh, oh to, my god! I can't believe oh. I'm blanking on. They just released another one a couple of years ago. Yes. We were uh, like, oh my god! I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm everybody watching, I'm so sorry. This. We're so sorry about this. <laughs> it starts with a C, and I just can't. I can't. Freaking Terry Crews is in it. Uh, yeah, in the last one. Yes. Um, uh, oh my <laughs> god, I'm blanking. Uh, uh, the orbs. Oh, whatever. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I will figure out the name. It'll come to me midway through <laughs> we the will show. Figure this out. And I yeah, will I exclaim it. Uh, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it does. And and it was kind of. I don't know about so. Okay. Going from that, Nicole, I mean, did you watch the trailer? Is it Crackdown? Crackdown, yes. Thank you. Yes. Oh, Sorry. my God. Yes. No, Crackdown. So it, it gave me, like, I mean, it's Crackdown in the sense, like, it, it built that kind of world, which is kind of like that edgy kind of futuristic punkish world. Like, and it felt like a fun world to kind of just play through. Um, and like you said, I think it's going to be a good mix of, like, the RPG and the world building elements, plus these crazy action sequences. And, and shooting sequences so i'm not like so picky it looks like a fun game to me 
I don't need it to change my life. Like I just, I just, it looks fun. <laughs> uh, the Nicole? whole attitude and tone and the, and the design and the graphics look great to me. So. Um, honestly, I haven't really been much into gaming for a while. In fact, we here at my house are planning on getting back into stuff with the PS5. Um, so it's, yes, I'm so excited. You have no idea. Um, that said, I did watch the trailer and I think it looks interesting. I like world building. I like stuff like that. Um, so it's on my list of games to when we are finally no longer in the gaming dark ages here at my house to put that in among several others that we're very interested in. So it was crazy because I, I, I've been, um, I've been excited for this game. I typically am not a first person shooter person, like aside from like the odd halo or, uh, like resident evil, uh, seven where it is first person, but Mm -hmm. you know, like again, it, Third person is always my jam. I always prefer third person. I like seeing the character model and it grosses me more into the experience. So I was already a little like meh about a first person game. Having said that, the first couple trailers were really exciting and it's gorgeous. I love the look of the world. This trailer as a whole did nothing for me and it didn't excite me really in the least. And, And I don't... I don't understand why I can't necessarily peg it down because we're still like Kofi said, we're still, we still are world building here, but we got that in the first trailer. And so now it's like, okay, we're getting, we were originally getting close to release. So now it's kind of like, we want, I want to see the nuts and bolts. I'm an RPG gamer. So I want to see like, what do the skill trees look like? What are the different builds of your character look like? What are the choices in the world in missions? Like, I want to see that stuff. That's, yeah, but that's I think the their stuff. aim is different because, I mean, True. there's another totally. part of this, which they just also announced there's going to be an, an anime to go along with this, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, And it's clear, like, if you watch the trailer for that, like, this is, they're constructing, like, a whole brand. Already. Yes, yeah. very they're, much. They're, they're thinking in, like, the billions. They're not looking at the millions. They're, like... How do we turn this thing into a whole thing? I mean, there even seems like they're branding the word cyberpunk as its own unique yeah. genre and stuff. And it's like, yeah, so they're they're kind of like focused on the macro right now. It seems. Which is not a bad which is not a bad thing necessarily. It's just for my no, but I agree personal. With you. you gotta yeah. get that first step in. Otherwise, yeah, it makes don't sense. DC Other, yourself, you know. Don't, don't Warner universe. Brothers. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't Warner Brothers yourself. Don't, yeah, very don't start true. announcing all this stuff and then like the film comes out and everybody's like, that's trash. And then it's just like, what do we do with the rest of this? That's that's true. And they've made it clear that like their progression going forward is like it's a cyberpunk game and then it's a witcher game and so they will be ping-ponging so i mean that yeah this is very much a you know we are planning for the future we're going to be making several of these things um it it looks really good uh i just i kind of had hoped to see more the anime looks dope like that sounds awesome series or the netflix series already Uh, i just want to see yeah yeah they come out so it looks Um, cool yeah so yeah i'm going to be interested in this and i'm going to play it for sure um there's some other you want to go through some of the marvel's avengers stuff because i know you were kind of excited about some of that i was yeah so we had our uh we had the war table event which was uh the first time we've seen uh new material from marvel's avengers in a long time it's been like since i feel february maybe january really the last uh substantial thing we got was like comic-con of like last year so it's been a minute um so we got uh, a brand new story trailer uh, that really, again, kind of 
world building stuff, but also did a lot of uh, focus on Kamala Khan, on uh, Tony Stark and Thor uh, primarily. Um, and we also then got another trailer, which was centered around Thor, and that was pure gameplay. And then we got another trailer that focused on co-op. Um, and then we got like a couple of things talking about uh, new costumes, uh, talking about, you know, a, a few like other aspects of the game. So there was actually a lot to process here. Um, the story trailer was the first thing. The story trailer looks gorgeous. I mean, I, Crystal Dynamics knows how to set, like they know how to create characters and character models and, and there's a realism to, especially Kamala Khan uh, and her like back and forth with Bruce Banner and stuff. So it's, it's gorgeous. Um, and then we also got a look at the villain, which is MODOK. Uh, we already knew they were going to do AIM as the central like organization you would be fighting, but we didn't know that MODOK would be kind of the central villain. And we, we didn't get like a full, uh, full look at the model, but we did get a, a close up of like that gem and his big face and all that stuff. So um, that's actually kind of exciting uh, for MODOK fans. Um, then the gameplay trailer hit and we actually got the developers talking a little bit about some of the nuances of the combat. So like, uh, there's heroics. Every character will have several different heroics. Uh, they have like, I uh, for, forget exactly what it's called, but it's essentially the attack heroic. Then there's a support heroic, and then there's an ultimate heroic. And we saw in the Thor, which by the way, the Thor costume was great because it had a uh, I'm Donald Blake name tag smack on his chest, which was kind of awesome. And that's one of the costumes you can unlock. Um, but you could, the support heroic was actually kind of, it feels like this is the way they're going to approach uh, buffs. So like an ultimate alliance, you could do combination attacks, which was one of the coolest things about it. Like Iron Man would shoot his repulsors, a cap, and then cap would take the shield and like move them across the board. Like there was cool things like that. I don't know if this game's going to have that, which is a little disappointing to me, but the support heroics allow you to like buff your other teammates. So Thor has one that essentially gives a shield of invulnerability and he can do it to a nearby ally. So like at one point we see Hulk powered by that. So like he gives the buff and Hulk moves forward like a freight train. We see Iron Man fly by at one point and he goes near him. And so the radius, he's in within the radius to get that buff as well. That's really cool. I'm interested to see what the other ones are because if they're varied enough, especially in Kamala Khan's case, if they're varied enough, that could fill in the, the void that I feel like combination attacks in Ultimate Alliance and games like that fill. Like I, I need something to take the place of that because it's going to be kind of a bummer if that stuff's not directly in it. This could fill that gap. Uh, I'm interested to see what the other uh, ones are. We also saw like Thor calling the Bifrost at one point as his ultimate heroic, uh, which was really, which was really cool. Um, the other big like disappointment was that they didn't talk more about co-op. Like they showed first screens. We got to see some of it in action. Why are you dodging? They, Quit dodging us. Well, but yeah, right. I just want like, they even redu did the co-op trailer and like they talk about it, like War Zones is essentially what's going to be the co-op part of this. But they, like they, it's all kind of surface. Like they won't give like everything or at least it feels that way. Maybe that's all there is to it and I'm just overblowing it. But it, it just feels like they never quite give us everything on it. So uh, we did, you know, see like some of the costumes you can customize your, your heroes as. So um, your Hulk will be different from someone else's Hulk. They did talk a little bit about um, that there's going to be like certain armors that are themed after the hero. So like there is gamma armor and that gamma armor you can equip. Like, so if you equip it on Iron Man, it'll change Iron Man's 
repulsor blast from like the typical yellow to green and, and things like that. I hope to see more of that because then it feels like you're mixing and matching all these pieces and your hero, if there's enough of those, your hero will feel different from the other heroes other than just a skin, uh, which is cool, but you know, you want to feel a little bit more like it's your Iron Man as opposed to just like, oh, it's a skin, but we're the same person. Like that needs to happen. So we did get to see that, um, which was, was cool. I just want a little more. Um, the Thor gameplay itself, they actually did a, an extended sequence on Thor where you got to see him like fly around, throw Yolner, uh, do several power-up attacks. Uh, it looked a little, um, the action itself looked good. Like the moves look good and like the, the combat itself looks fun. It was a little sluggish. Like, I don't know if it was struggling with a frame rate Ooh. thing where like Thor would, like when Thor would land, it, it felt like it was not quite, it was chugging a little bit. I don't know again what this thing's running on. I don't know any of that stuff, but uh, it, I feel like they really can use the extra months here to polish that up because it, because it does need it. Like that sequence, I hope when they show it in two months time looks way better because the core is there, the foundation's there, but it, but it needs a little polish. So that was, that was my take on it. I mean, what did you guys think? Um, I haven't, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of this. I need, I am, they have, I'm waiting for people like you to actually get my interest sparked back yeah. in this game. Cause I lost interest in it. I was, I am, I'm looking forward to that miles Morales at this point. Like yeah. until they answer this co-op thing and answer the big question of, I mean, the combo, like the support attacks and all that sounds cool. Like it actually, I mean, it gives me like kind of a final fantasy vibe. Like I can, you know, do that RPG kind of feeling stuff, but until they answer the co-op stuff, like, yeah, I don't know. I still don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, I, had, I mean, this game just seems like tragically underwhelming already. Like, yeah. I had honestly forgotten about it, which is sad <laughs> because it was the game that when they first announced it, got me into like, oh, I need to get an updated gaming system. I totally want to play this. And then I just kind of forgot it existed. And I'm like you, Kofi, I'm already moving on to Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I'm like, I'm already distracted by shinier things. So yeah, I, mean, I, I want to hear more about marvel avengers i want like, it to be good but it's not my priority if you put up cyberpunk and marvel's avengers and tell me i can have one of these like yeah i'm just i'm going, I'm going cyberpunk. cyberpunk yeah I mean, which which by the way is a very like <laughs> that's a respectable decision right that's not <laughs> any slight to anything because cyberpunk looks no, really good it um, looks cool what i what i will say is i feel like i feel like i would be more i would be more disappointed if I didn't, and, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like the insomniac thing with Spider-Man. I feel like I would be more worried, even is probably the better word, not disappointed. I'd be more worried if like, it wasn't Crystal Dynamics because, because I have so many games with them in my brain right now, especially in recent years and see what they can do with a narrative and see what they can do with like that moment to moment gameplay. I'm willing to kind of let, like it, it lets me give them a little pass on certain things. So I feel like I would be a little more worried if it wasn't them. This could all backfire when it releases. And I'm like, no, we're still having those same issues. And that's, you know, th that's unfortunate. But seeing what they did with Tomb Raider just like gives me a little bit of like kind of that faith nugget here that i'm just like holding I mean, on to i, that I don't good. doubt the studio it's just like it just seems like this project is one of those cursed projects that is like it's just not going as smoothly and as yeah. and, and it's just like the it's not all hitting like you assume it would with who's involved 
with Marvel yeah. involved, with Square Enix involved. Now, I mean, granted, Square Enix has its own checkered history with Final Fantasy, but like, still, it, it seems odd that not all this come together. But I'm still excited, and the story stuff really did look good. So, hoping that will outweigh. All right. All right, we're going to go and take a break real quick, but when we come back, we're going to talk about COVID taking over movies and WWE, and we're going to deep dive into a bunch of DC stuff like Doom Patrol and the new issue of Batman, so stay tuned. Right. Wow, we, that one last segment went on longer than I expected, but uh, all right. No, it's okay. We were talking about a bunch of gaming stuff. It's what's popping right now. So, Matt, give us a quick update on what is going on with WWE. They were kind of – Vince McMahon kind of braved the storm and was the only – pretty much the only form of sports entertainment left on the block for a while there where everybody else shut down. He said, no, no, we will press ahead at WWE. They were going to do testing and all this stuff. But it looks like uh, we've had a COVID spike and an outbreak at WWE. Tell us what's going on, man. Uh, and it was going really well there for a minute. Like, we weren't hearing about cases. It looked like the tapings and all the, uh, you know, like, requirements that they were mandating people go through in the facility was working. And then, like, over, like not even overnight, the last two days, we've seen talent that has contracted COVID. We've seen... Um, personalities both uh, on the WWE shows themselves and then also like uh, like Renee uh, Renee Young who was part of WWE backstage but she's also part of Raw and SmackDown and, and everything in the announced team um, you know announced it was a really sad tweet too because it was like first my show gets canceled and then I get diagnosed with COVID so I was like oh my god that's just oh, that sucks so um, yeah it was a uh, it's not good uh we've also seen Kayla Braxton who Kayla Braxton actually already had it recovered Whoa. and then got it again um and then that's Adam awful. Pierce uh so those are Adam Pierce Renee Young and Kayla Braxton are the three that they have announced if you look at other reports though from other sites and and sources this number could be up to like two deaths. Um, wow. and, and it's also Whoa. some of those reports say so that bad. it's not just like people, it's not just like that group. It's also like other departments. So it's not just, oh, hey, if you're in the ring or you're near the ring, yes, it's kind of a little bit of everywhere. Now, those have not been confirmed in any way by WWE. Uh, but, you know, and there's kind of like, if you if you listen to one source, it's like 10 to two dozen. You listen to another source, it's like a couple, but almost everybody agrees it's more than what WWE has said. <laughs> so if anything, you can kind of gather from that. Uh, the thing is though, um, they're not stopping. So the taping schedule is not halting, at least as of now. Um, they're going to continue to tape. Uh, continue to move forward with that. The one thing they did do was they were just about to start. Um, they actually had just already announced it. They were going to let friends and family come to the matches and the tapings. Cause like right now the wrestlers are in the crowd so that there's like crowd noise and like a, you know, they kind of simulate that a little bit. Um, they were going to let friends and family also join that. They have reversed that. So that's not going to happen because of the spiking cases. Um, but Yes, it is unfortunate, and you know, until WWE kind of clears that up as, as to exactly like how extensive it is, uh, we won't really know. But right now, it seems not not great. I'm not confident Vince McMahon is the type to ever release those numbers or 
probably yeah, not. Front. Yeah. So, ugh. all right. Well, uh, you know, thinking about safety of everybody out there in wrestling and sports entertainment. So, you know, take it easy and take care of yourselves. Moving right along from that happy subject to another happy subject. So, because COVID is back on a kind of quick spike here in the U.S., we were thinking we were going to get the uh, movie season opening up in July. This was kind of the slow rollout plan for uh, when Hollywood's been trying to get back into operation and theater chains were going to open kind of uh, mid-July. Um, but now it's looking like that could be on the line again because of the spike in cases. And yeah, there were two kind of stories that stuck out of that. One was that uh, Disney's Mulan could be delayed again. And uh, yeah, Mulan was set for uh, July 14th. And now it's looking doubtful like it, it would, uh, it can make that possibly because, you know, it's June now. We seem to be on a pretty serious uptick. So by July, the last thing most states probably will be doing is encouraging people to go sit in movie theaters together. Um, you know, some states, you know, not a, but there are going to be some who are obviously going to be dealing with much different things, including LA, which is now the LA County is the highest concentration of COVID cases in the U S. So if you can't even launch a movie in Hollywood itself, like it doesn't seem like yeah. a good idea that we're going to be doing this. So Mulan seems like it's going to probably have to move dates again. Um, James Bond keeps looking smarter and smarter. Next up, of course, Matt, you know what's next on that list on the chopping block. Um, Chris Nolan's Tenet is coming up right behind that. And you kind of already called that that was probably going to be moving. And so that's not confirmed. That's just purely speculation. But it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't look good. It seems like right in July, we're going to be dealing with, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, big decisions again about stay at home possibly and all that, you know, shelter at home and all that stuff. Again, and so, yeah, it doesn't look like a stable market for the release of movies. Um, Interestingly enough, that kind of segues into a second subject, which was Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins kind of came out and said that right now her plans for the third film, I mean, Wonder Woman's had to move dates repeatedly. It is now back in November, is it? No, October. It's still in October right now. It's October. Yeah. So currently. it's in October currently. Yeah. I mean, it's jumped so many times. <laughs> Everything can change. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, she's been kind of talking, but she said she her plans for Wonder Woman, a third Wonder Woman film, if she's even going to do it, are, are kind of on hold right now about even trying to approach that story. And she kind of pointed to the coronavirus, but not for what the reasons you think, not because it's been such necessarily a whole trip to get this second movie in theaters. Um, but because of what's happening in 2020, and she said coronavirus, but I kind of said in the article, like, I'm sure there's more than just that on her mind right about now with everything that's kind of going on and the way society is going through this kind of massive upheaval right now. She's just kind of pausing because she doesn't even know, like, what story to tell here and, like, what, you know, it all depends on the world we see, you know, maybe by the end of this year and, like, what world we're living in. And I kind of put it in the article, like, and I, I mean, that's a fair point. Like either we're going to be in a time where we're like people were through a lot of stuff and people are more hopeful and we're kind of moving forward and progressing in whatever shape that takes, you know, um, or we're going to be staring down the barrel of a possible, 
you know, some very dark times, dystopia things in, we're not going to get any like political here. We're just saying like, these are two pretty clear options for 2020 in general, like on a lot of levels. So, you know, a Wonder Woman film is either going to have to be about, you know, Wonder Woman being that, you know, spark of hope in dark times or a celebration of, you know, a progressive character pushing things forward, doing that. And yeah, and it's a funny thing. And I bring this up to say because we've been kind of dancing around this subject in about how all of this is going to affect the storytelling that comes out of Hollywood. Uh, you know, it seems like a lifetime ago, which just a couple of months ago, when all we were talking about was, oh, the only thing in 2020 we're going to have to deal with is how like sci-fi deals with the coronavirus. And it's like, yeah. now things have just changed a great deal. We can't even figure out how to do a new season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. for God's sakes. Like, that's right. I, I heard that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's another story. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine's had to throw out all its new script plans and basically figure out how to do the show. Like, in, yeah. in in light of all the, you know, very changing, to, you know, opinions on the topic of policing and things like that. And yeah, so a lot of changing in this, in, in the world right now. And so basically, yeah, it's going to be nuts to see how like Hollywood tries to it deal is. with this. If, I mean, you got to think there's a lot of plans that people had that are just like, oh, like. Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to yeah. see across entertainment in general is this huge shift. There will be so many projects that we've heard about that's coming up that we may never see now just because everything has changed or is changing and it's still going to keep changing. And again, waiting for the robot overlords or something at this point, God only knows. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of things changing and it's going to be wild to see what comes out of it when it eventually comes out. Yeah. All right. Well, that's about as heavy as we're going to get on this show today. Uh, we're going to go next into our deep dive section and talk about something that's kind of, I mean, I would like to say the opposite of heavy, but I guess that that's not true. So we're going to talk about Doom Patrol because Doom Patrol is back, y'all. And it's not just back, but it's on two places now. It's on DC Universe for all five of you guys who already know that. And also on HBO Max. So yes. Doom Patrol's out. Season two is um, now here because, uh, you know, Harley Quinn season one, two is over. So we've got to get that next DC Universe original. Stargirl's still going. But um, we got Doom Patrol season two and we got a batch of the first three episodes. Correct. Of which I yes. have seen the first. I okay. Have seen first, Nicole, you have seen all three, I assume? I have. I have seen all three. Okay. And- um yeah, and so <laughs> well, let's talk quickly about the premiere because, I mean, that's the one that'll get people in right. and then you can kind of give us some teases about the larger scope of this season. So um, I'm going to do spoilers about the premiere episode, at least. Uh, maybe we'll spoilers, keep it a little bit vague. Spoiler about, alert! Yeah, we'll keep it vague about the other two and just kind of you can give us like brush strokes of how the larger season looks. Right. But um, yeah, it was it was kind of frightening how easy it was just to kind of slip back into yes into Doom Patrol. I mean, it, I mean, it really just picks up from where exactly where the last season left off. It really does. It really does. It picks up exactly where you expect it to. You, you know, you're following right up from them coming out of the cockroach and the painting and all the crazy, and it also stays the same tonally. Yeah. So it's literally like just putting on a comfortable pair of jeans. You're right back into it, and yeah. it also goes right back into the crazy yeah. it's not even just that it picks up the story but you're back into the full-on crazy it doesn't take long no and it was and it was good and it was a welcome return like this is one of the most unique shows like comic book shows ever produced and mm-hmm. like 
Yeah, and also uniquely enjoyable because of the fantastic kind of ensemble cast um, led by Brendan Fraser. In a lot of ways, I love who just does in-voice work is great and phenomenal in this show. But um, yeah, and so this one is kind of introducing the evolving mystery of the chief's daughter and mm-hmm. her powers. And while I love Alan Tudyk's Mr. Nobody, she's kind of already a very intriguing kind of pro slash antagonist for this season. Yes. Um, with the very kind of unique powers that she has and how frightening they, they are. And they do a good job. And Doom Patrol does a great job of balancing kind of like comedy, really weird stuff, and also being scary when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this this episode, the premiere, does a good job of, like we said, just basically kind of getting you back in the pants of this show, catch, catching you up with like each character, what their struggles are, and does a pretty kind of deft job of what a premiere should do, which is setting up the larger seasonal Absolutely. seasonal mysteries, both for each character and and for the show at large. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they did a they did a really good job of kind of working in and 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 kind of moving between this ensemble and and kind of throwing a honey I shrunk the kids at you in the process because they're tiny size. They're tiny size for I mean, the episode the is called is Fun Size Patrol. Yeah. Fun so size patrol. Are. Yeah, because at the end of last season, they came out of an interdimensional battle with Mr. Nobody when they emerged from the body of a cockroach, but they were tiny. They were like, you know, yep, they came size. out of a painting. And so everybody is uh, tiny size. Yeah, except for except um, Larry. Negative man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Larry's so, making pancakes. Yeah, exactly. So, and if this only makes sense to you if you've obviously watched Doom Patrol. But um, yeah, and so like, oh, on top of that, there's a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids element with them being tiny and some fun sequences like with Cliff and, and the Chief's Daughter kind of going on a ride in a car around like, you know, model train tracks and doing all this stuff and kind of fun Ant-Man joke style jokes with like people going flying and then you just see it's like in a tiny kind of, you know, miniature size thing. But anyway, and so like, yeah, it's everything about Doom Patrol you love and, and they set up some pretty good dramatic and kind of frightening seasonal mysteries uh and a lot of it with the chief's daughter like we said kind of plays like a horror movie and the little girl who plays her yes. is pretty good and yeah. um yeah and there's even like oh there's just even one scene that in this premiere episode that just sticks out with with the mama rat and stuff like <laughs> I was that gonna that say place. you talk about the rat yeah yeah and oh my god and that is just such this show will just go to some places that you're just like what the like yeah, I don't think there's anything off. I don't think there's anything off limits for Doom Patrol. If you think they're not going to go there, they're going to go there. And I actually recently spoke with Matt Bomer, who you know does the voice for Larry, and um, he even said he's like, anytime you anytime you think they won't go there, they're going to go there 150 percent, and it's true. And that the rat is definitely a uh, prime example of just how far they're willing to go. Um, but yeah, like you said, they do a really good job in the first episode of kind of setting up the whole season's mysteries in kind of thing. And what Doom Patrol in particular does well, both the first episode of season two and in the, you know, the ones that follow, is they weave the story in in a way that you're probably already seeing the central villain, but you don't really fully realize the extent of it unless you've read comics. Because they weave things in so beautifully from the comics but they do it in such a fresh way that you don't need that knowledge to realize something terrifying is happening. And it's just, it's honestly one of the best made comic book shows in the television format that I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's right up there with like my other top one, which would be uh, Legion. Yes. And I think the comparisons to Legion are very warranted. In fact, 
a lot of people say this is excellent the way legion is as excellent yeah. Well, so, okay, that actually brings up, so for me, I've never been, even in the comics, I've never been a Doom Patrol oh, person. Like I, just could, I could never get into them. I tried a couple of times and I never could. So when the show came out, like I had little to no interest mm-hmm. aside from Brandon Fraser, because I will almost watch anything Brandon Fraser and just because, so, but, but it almost got me for that. But now that the first season's happened and, and the second season, like if someone like me wants to jump into the second season, do I need to watch the first one? Is there enough in the premiere where I can kind of just hop on board and enjoy the crazy? Do I, do I need to um, go back? I, I, mean, I think to an extent, yes, you could jump in because they do kind of set things up in a way that you're going to get pieces of these characters' stories. So you're not going to be completely in the dark. That said, these are complex, detailed stories. And fundamentally, it's a show about trauma and the human condition. So if you aren't fully up to speed on, you know, the traumas that, that got the characters there and like the things that Larry has been through the multiple personalities that Jane has even to an extent Cliff's story as well and Rita's you're going to be missing a few of the fine nuances but you aren't going to be completely lost if you were to jump in with season two episode one but you'll probably find yourself wanting to go back and reference things because stuff does come up that's a little more wait why are they doing that or what is this joke about why are they talking about a cockroach who's evangelical what's going on you'll want to do a little bit of backing up but there is enough there that if you want to just just jump in you could okay like i'll I'll say i never got into the comics either i've never enjoyed doom patrol comics but the show put the way the show kind of presents the story um it, it is very much worth kind of checking out season one and now that season one and season two are out and you can kind of binge through season one, um, it, it's really worth checking out because a lot of what made season one great is just the, like Nicole said, the level of detail and character depth that these kind of various actors build up over the course of season one is, is really good. While feeling irreverent, it actually did, I mean, it did more work than a soap opera does in, in season one and some really deep and like really mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah, deep, complex stories of trauma and things like that, that each of these people has been through. They each get highlighted episodes and they kind of each knocked it out of the park. And um, yeah. yeah. And so by the time you, you want that richness because it it is very worthwhile. You go into season two where you're kind of, or even towards the end of season one where they got, where they basically say, okay, I mean, in in Doom Patrol fashion, like F it, we're going to go be superheroes Mm -hmm. now. Like, and then that kind of kicks into gear. Like you want to see the character build up because it, it yeah. is pretty it's pretty great material episode oh, okay. to episode and the performances alone are yeah. worth watching for because th- this cast is doing some absolutely prestige television level work like this stuff is I want to say it's like Shakespeare but goofy and it kind of is in a way because they're dealing with tragedy and trauma but these are performances that are absolutely stellar and you don't want to miss out on even a second of that it's so good. Plus, the pilot's one of the, my favorite pilots. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah, yeah. The pilot's so good. So and if, and if none of that sells you, there is an episode in season one with carnivorous butts. So, you know. Yeah. And it's great. Yep. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> the stuff in season one, the Jane episode oh in season one yeah. is great. Jane Patrol um, is great. Danny yeah. Patrol is great. Danny Patrol. Danny the Street is, is great. Like, oh, Danny the Street thing, is, so. a, is a gem we don't deserve. Yeah. So, you got, I mean, it's just. It, in, it's going to be a show you particularly like. Like you should go watch this show. All right, like, I'll yeah. go watch. That'll be my. That'll be my uh, homework. Binge. Yeah, no, Excellent. you're gonna. I feel you're like you'll like this report. show. Yeah, this yeah, is up. This is up your alley in in a lot of ways. 
Um, it's going to feed your whole kind of Grey's Anatomy side, plus your kind of I love crazy comic book balls to the wall stuff side. I have watched far too much Grey's Anatomy. Wait, yeah, I did not know you had a Grey's Anatomy side. We will have oh, to talk Matt, about this oh sometime. Oh my god, Matt has <laughs> oh a TV god. drama. TV drama. Like <laughs> I love Grey's Anatomy. Let's oh man, I will, I will give Anissa credit for getting me hooked on that show, and it was I the same thing for Sean credit. <laughs> it was the same thing for How to Get Away with Murder. It was the same oh, thing god. for Scandal. It was the same yep. thing for like I, all these shows. Yeah, you like comic book shows and like Grey's Anatomy and RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to be built for Doom Patrol. <laughs> oh, Doom Patrol is exactly your jam. This show is made yeah. for you, Matt. It is right. made for you. Yeah. All shot. right. So from that DC TV, let's go to actual DC Comics. Uh, to close out the show, we're going to talk Batman. about Batman. So because of the coronavirus, DC, like everybody else, had to delay their publishing or their uh, distribution and kind of releases for a while there and so we were supposed to have batman 93 like what back in may or something like that yeah. something like yeah. that a long time and ago it feels like yeah i can't keep track of time but i believe it was may <laughs> but we just got it and this was part eight of their dark designs which is this kind of prelude story to that sets up the joker war event that's happening and basically just to kind of reiterate their dark designs was about this kind of unknown story of Gotham's past in Batman's early days when his rogues were first kind of taking shape. Uh, there was this villain called the designer who was this master criminal whose kind of quote unquote superpower special ability was kind of evolutionary criminal thinking, being able to kind of outthink plans of like, you know, great detectives and opponents and think, you know, entire chess games ahead to where the, how the game would evolve, how things would change. And then, kind of make those jumps himself to kind of stay light years ahead of the cops and stuff. And so he took Riddler, Penguin, Joker, and Catwoman under his wing uh, in his creepy little house uh, on the River Styx or whatever <laughs> to kind of basically plan this ultimate heist for each of them and that would get each of them what they really wanted. And so it was like for Riddler, he was going to use Riddler to kind of in these mysteries to lock up the city and eventually coerce the police into working for him. Penguin was going to take over kind of business and politics uh, through all this kind of illegal stuff. Um, Catwoman was going to get the Wayne fortune and become like the biggest banker in Gotham and Joker, he would kill Batman and Robin, but that plan went sideways uh, because Joker had different ideas about how this all should go. And basically we found out this guy was the one who inspired Joker to become like true kind of true psycho, like, nightless deep black pit joker that we now know and love and so if basically this designer returned after all these years and basically was playing out this whole scheme in in modern day against batman and against catwoman who's now with batman obviously and it was all kind of this thing about how was this going to shut up joker war and like what was going to be the twist with joker and all this and in uh, chapter eight we finally got that because batman came face to face with designer at long last, which left us on one hell of a cliffhanger a long time ago um, of just him sitting down and kind of just being able to talk with him. And so we're going to talk now full spoilers for Batman 93 because there are quite a few big oh, spoilers to get through. So we're going to talk full spoilers for Batman 93. If you don't want to hear that, you might as well just end the show. We love you. See you next episode. Um, all right, let's get into it. Deuces there. So, and wow. what shouldn't be surprising, I mean, I don't know how this was a surprise because it really shouldn't have been, but like somehow was, uh, we find out that um, designer isn't really, you know, unmasked. It turns out designer isn't going to be really an answer to some big answer 
all your theories don't matter because he's just yep. a corpse. He danced. He's been dead for he's a hot dead. minute. Yeah, he's been he dead did. for a hot minute. He, uh, he never returned from the dead. We no. saw Joker killed him back in the past because uh, they're they're meeting at the house with Joker, Penguin, Catwoman. It went sideways. Joker, Joker which, killed him. You know, Joker was just like, screw the plans. I'm going to kill you. Uh, designer tried or designer tried to kill Joker because he realized he was going to try to kill him and, and take over. And uh, they had this big fight um, and Joker killed him. And, I, and the whole mystery was, how did he come back from the dead? Answer, he never did. He didn't. So through things I still need explained to me, we still got to get this whole corpse animation thing explained to me. Like, yeah. I, I'm not understanding how this works. But uh, Joker has been like animating and talking through corpses and using designer's weird corpse animating mm-hmm. powers. Uh, but he was just using him as a puppet to kind of distract Batman from his, his real kind of goal, which takes place in the B story of this issue, which sees Harley Quinn and Catwoman team up and go to kind of Gotham's criminal bank to try to do pull off this scheme because they think that designer's trying to pull off the, the, the uh, old scheme that he and Catwoman came up to steal the Wayne fortune. So Catwoman's plan is to steal it and put it away for safekeeping and kind of like take control of it herself. So she and Harley Quinn go to the bank, except they run into Joker and we finally get our big, it's not a debut issue, but we've her big moment of debut which is Punchline, Joker's new sidekick coming face-to-face with Harley Quinn, which was like the moment where everybody was like, oh, here we go. And ran and got their popcorn and, you know, wanted to see that that fight go down. So, um, yeah, so James Tinian Four kind of, he, I mean, Punchline kind of comes in and tries to earn her place and earn her rep by doing two big things right off the bat, after a <laughs> lot of trash talk, mind you. Um <laughs> She cuts Harley Quinn's throat and throws her in her river and she shoots Catwoman and we don't know if it's fatally. I mean, she kind of... We also don't know where. No. They don't yeah. make that very clear. We have no clear. idea Batman where this comics, Batman comics have been doing that a lot lately. Like, yeah. like here's a general... episode with Thomas Wayne. He just came in and started yeah. shooting people and we were like, wait, where is he shooting everybody? Like, here's a, here's a general movement forward of the body and then yeah, we, we have We know no... there was a gun. That's yes. all we know. And she slumped over. We have no idea, like, if she hit her on the head with a... You assume it's she shot her, but... Yeah. Did she shoot her in the leg? Did she shoot her in the back? Did she... Yeah, we have no idea. fatal wound? I mean, it feels like probably not a fatal wound, but... I I mean, it's comic books, so, like, probably not. It could be a fatal wound. And sometimes when they really kill somebody, I mean, it's pretty brutal. Like, they they make you feel it. They they fridge it, for real. DC Comics ain't scared to fridge it. So... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Mm. Oh, I'm never going to get went over there. that. You went there. You, I, you went there. I don't use that. Okay, but I don't use that term as like some funny term for like female no, violence. No, it's I use real. that term as somebody no, who no. turned yep. the page as a little kid in the '90s yep. and was like, "What am I seeing?" Like disturbed. Yes. Yeah, and couldn't go to sleep that night. So, like, I, I, I DC suffered. needs a therapy bill. Yeah, I mean that's not a joke. Yes, they do. No, and I, I feel you there. Like, yeah, every time I go to the fridge after that, I'm just half freaked oh, out. God. I got to make sure my wife's around first. I'm like, yeah. So anyway, now back from trauma to uh, trauma. <laughs> so yeah, we lost Harley Quinn and Catwoman. Um, mm-hmm. And basically it was a double cost Joker had yes. kind of been three steps ahead. So Catwoman just basically showed him all the shell companies and all the kind of economic jujitsu that Bruce Wayne does to basically have the Wayne fortune and fund all his Batman activities and and keep it off the books. And so now Joker ends up 
taking the money. And so Joker now has the entire Wayne fortune and is basically the richest man in Gotham City. Um, yeah. Billion dollars. Which is $100 billion. <laughs> yeah, $100 billion. And that ain't good, folks. <laughs> yeah. Which now raises in that is a twist I didn't see coming. Like, I really did not see that because we're trained to believe like Joker's is nihilist and Joker's the last person who would care about money and all of that stuff. But it's a kind of juicy twist. And I'm begrudgingly beginning to like James Tinian for, for this because we were kind of giving him crap when we started this about, you know, coming off City of Bane and how much we like this. And this was like a different kind of classic. Right comic booky story but uh i mean now it's a twist because i begin to think and i was writing about this you know joker getting the money and it's like what does joker do with a bunch of money like it's just an insane idea of what you i don't think do. it's about the money i don't think it's going to be about the money see that's the thing i hope it is about the money oh i would love for it to be about the money because it would be very it would be a new facet of this character that would completely blindside everybody but I've read enough Batman to be like, I feel like it's not fundamentally about the money. I feel it's far more diabolical. Well, than let me say, I don't think Joker cares about money, but I think Joker loves to kind of prove points and, and, and well, yeah. mess with the human condition and what he can do to people using money is, That's valid. is kind of like what I would be interested to see in ways that nobody can really touch him because money trumps legality which is is kind of is a fine thematic you could play with in this story and if you gave somebody really crazy enough money like what kind of havoc could they cause it is just a playground of ideas but that like also that. opens up the question of you know people always say what's you know what's batman's actual superpower it's so he's rich well if he's got money he's nothing but the reality is this is an opportunity to see that batman is far more than his money in a lot of ways, because now he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to face off with this crazy Joker without his toys and tools, so to speak. So, so it's, that's a very interesting situation. So it's, it's crazy. Cause um, uh, so I will, when you're hearing this, uh, my interview with uh, Batman editor, Ben Abernathy will be posted. So we'll be live to, to read. And we've got a uh, preview of uh, 95, uh, which is the first part of Joker war. And um, finding, stepping on, trying to step around things, uh, what I will say is that I feel like uh, you're both right in the sense that uh, there's actually elements of both of those um, in this in the story. And it was one of those things where um, uh, there's, a, there's a, a part of our, our interview where we actually talk about like how uh, Tynion is approaching defining the joker and like the joke and the the clash between batman and joker and it's not one over lots and lots of years of comics that i've actually really seen um in that way described in that way uh so it's it's interesting to see that and what i also will say is that because i agree because i'm with kofi uh early on especially after king uh which that run i adored so mm -hmm. obviously i had a very high bar uh, going into this and and then when we do even from the the thing in 85 where it's like setting up joker is going to be the next mm -hmm. thing and i was like ah because like you know i've already seen so much joker i'm a little jokered out to be honest 
And uh, I, there's so many people in Batman's world that like, why can't we use, right. you know, let's get Clayface in here. Let, let's do whatever, right? Scarface. So seeing though how it's, there's stuff that bothered me about his run early on that I sort of now understand why mm-hmm. it was there. It's, it's, and it's like, you don't really like, Yes, it could have used some tightening up in places. I mean, you were talking before. Of like, yeah, like, we talked about this. You know, like kind of things we've, issues we've had with this run overall. But but there are things that maybe I, uh, that annoyed me or even I was puzzled about early on of like, why are we doing this or why are we doing that? And now as things start to build, even in this issue um, going into 94, but also as Joker War starts, it's all starting to kind of like the big play the big picture mm-hmm. is starting to kind of make those worthwhile. It's, it's starting to, you're starting to understand why we went there, why we did those things. So I will say like, as it goes on, I feel like this one might be a run where we appreciate more once right. we see the whole thing, as opposed to the monthly, or in this case, bi-weekly uh, kind right. of chopping up thing. I, I think this will play better as a trade. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's the case with a lot of the longer Batman arcs in general. Um, I know it feels like it was true for King's Run as well. And yeah. like you said, the deeper I get into this, things are starting to tight up, tighten up a lot more in terms of the story. It's starting to feel like, you know, we're really starting to hear Titan's voice that's as his own storyteller. And I think that ultimately this is going to be a, the whole is a lot more interesting than the individual parts. Um, just yeah. because, like you said, some of this stuff has been like, I don't get it. This is a waste of time. There's too much exposition. Why can't we just get to it? This is a long arc. Like, their dark designs is a long arc. Um, but yeah. we are starting to see things tighten up. But I think we saw a lot about that in 93. Um, yeah. I also think it'll be good to kind of move past the punchline piece of things. So that we've got her to see her do her big thing. And I'm sure she's still going to be some sort of a player. But that just, to me, felt a lot like kind of a, mar- like a marketing ploy to get people really, oh, hey, there's this crazy new character. Let's get you interested in this Joker story. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, there's a lot of Joker in Batman. Like, Joker is a very oversaturated character in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. But we're definitely getting a story that's like, all right, the pulse is picking up. This is this is shocking and interesting. I, I, I I'm really, here. I really dug the, the battle between Harley and Punchline. In oh, this. yeah. I thought that's it was fantastic. actually really, it was way better than I thought it would end up being. I thought yeah. it would be kind of quick. And oh, we're gonna get a couple jokes here or whatever. But no, it was actually really uh, it her. Was. Yeah, her comebacks were great, and they were actually the insightful. Smack talk was a plus. Yeah, that was that was really good. Um, and the art was also fantastic. Like I, that's that was a that fight was something that could have looked like a hot mess very this, easily. This was, was beautiful. Um, who was this? This was uh, oh, this was uh, Javier Fernandez and uh, Gillian yes. March. Okay, March. March's yeah. March's stuff is either like. Marge's stuff is like either gorgeous or like or hyper-sexualized. It's, yep. it's like one of the other. It's either like one extreme or the other. And like sometimes during this run, I felt like he's like, it's been leaned into that direction too much, but this yes, was a really a nice, lot. this was yeah, a this nice was very, This was very balanced and you're exactly right. A lot of the run thus far has leaned towards that. That's a little uncomfortable. I don't I, like I, looking at that. I will say uh, Jimenez is on like Jimenez has already had some great work on this arc, like or like kind of because they like alternate. I think they've alternated yes. issues. But yeah, like, I think something like that. Oh my god, there's like gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. that's yeah, good stuff. So Just yeah, good stuff there. All right, so that's Batman ninety three. We're looking for uh, I think what is there one? So is the next issue going to be 
the conclusion of their dark designs or is it just a standalone before joker war like so the joker war officially starts in 95 95 yeah yeah so yeah 94 will kind of be this you know, I believe ep- yeah, 94 should be the conclusion of their dark designs. And then you'll get like a little epilogue, most likely. That'll be like, mm-hmm. here's hopping in. Um, but I yeah. will say that like this, this issue, especially that like final page, those final couple pages are sort of an epilogue. They, they yeah. sort of play really into what, you know, Joker War is going to be. So. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you're just now getting into the show during our quarantine arc, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get new updates about the show. Or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists. You can tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast. Or you can go on YouTube and go on the comicbook.com YouTube page and find episodes or watch them live on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday when they premiere. If you want to get in touch with any of us, you can hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Life and Polaroid. And if you're just now getting into the show, we're still out of the office while we're at home and the office is shut down. But when we get back in, we have a bunch of Comic Book Nation t-shirts we're trying to give away. So if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, we're going to be reading a bunch of the reviews on the show when we get back in the studio and if we read yours on the show, you get a free T-shirt. So go on iTunes, drop us a five-star review so that we can get you a T-shirt when we get back in the studio. That'll do it for this episode. You guys stay connected, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we hope to see you back next time on Comic Book Nation. Peace. Deuces. Bye. Bye.